0: everyone, welcome back to But Why The Podcast and today we have a special interview with the creator and one of the stars of Ultra Mechatron Team Go from College Humor's Dropout, Mike Trapp. Enjoy the show.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: what do you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> so, first, I, I noticed... or One of the reasons I was really excited when uh, when we got an email about this was just the automatic, like, Power Rangers vibe because that was yeah. my stuff growing up. It is still my stuff now. Um, and y'all's humor is, is so good. Um, so what ultimately, like, uh, brought you to this project?
1: Yeah, I mean, it started from this... Uh, from you know a, a very Power Rangersy kind of place, but um, I think the, the first the earliest sort of germ of the idea was uh, in thinking about the Power Rangers as a team, and uh, every team group project I've ever been a part of, especially one that wasn't decided by myself, where you were just sort of put together in a group from some other force, um, almost. To, uh, as a rule, like, the, that group did not get along, um, uh, and it, it seemed like it would be fun to, to, uh, to imagine these chosen crime fighters, uh, saviors of the world who just happen to hate each other's guts <laughs> a little bit, or at least not, not really gel perfectly. Yeah. Um, uh, and it also just felt like, a, a, a whole genre, which, like, you know, as you mentioned, like, was a, was a big part of, um, like, I wasn't a huge – I didn't watch a whole lot of Power Rangers, but it was inescapable when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, it was just everywhere. And uh, uh, it also, wasn't something that I had seen parodied all that often. Uh, so it seemed like a fun world to dive back into.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Um, so what would you say, like, kind of building out this uh, – building out this world right like it's uh the very first episode opened in japanese um yeah. and it, it, the world as as humorous and everything is and as humorous as the set design is it actually seems like a pretty like big established like there's lore to it right um yeah
1: <laughs> how, yeah there is
0: how, how is that what, what's your favorite part of that
1: yeah i mean i i i really love um, shows like, um, uh, I, you know, this this has some similarities to shows like like Venture Brothers and Rick and Morty and things yeah. like that. Where, in the sense that those are those are shows that kind of started from uh, as, as an homage to to some show, whether it's Venture Brothers with Johnny Quest yeah. or Rick and Morty with with you know Doc and Marty and and uh, Back to the Future. Um, but but each of those shows, uh quickly move beyond parody you know it was more than just like we're going to take you know thing a and map it onto thing b um uh, it, it didn't take long to develop its own lore and its own sensibility um and and tell its own stories beyond just the, the leaping off point um and and i kind of treated this the same way as like, it's like well we can take the sort of the whole mecha genre this idea of um, big robots that have to fight monsters in a city, um, which is present in many other places outside of Power Rangers. Yeah, um, it's like, well, if we just take that as a sort of setting, a general leaping off point, and then use that to tell comedy, um, uh, there's there's a lot to be mined there.
0: And you and and it is one of the things that I think a lot of people um, immediately see, like Power Rangers and everything. But I'm also getting like. um, like uh old Sudamation vibes from it which is perfect with y'all's kaiju absolutely um, yeah uh, what i, I guess uh, to kind of like help the audience kind of expand because because you're right like there's that kernel of it but there is so much more of the mecha genre out there what else did you all look to when kind of crafting and creating this
1: yeah, I mean, um, uh, I was pulling. Uh, there's also a fair amount of like sort of Pacific Rim being pulled into here. There's a little bit of Godzilla. Um, there's some Voltron. Uh, <laughs> I I did I did a a. a I'm not uh, I'm not as well versed in the mecha genre as I liked as I would like to be, and this project got written pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, but I did end up doing a couple deep Wikipedia dives uh, through. Um, uh, a, a few uh, things like Kevin Thomas, Garrett Logan and things like that uh, just to sort of um, get a a little bit of a handle of like what's been covered, what sort of tropes um, uh, pop up again and again and how can we have the most fun with this?
0: And I can tell you, it I, I had a lot of fun as a viewer. <laughs> a lot of fun. I actually think my favorite episode is, I don't remember her name, but it's where she's trying to be really, really good at partying, and so she forgets yeah. why she was partying in the first place, and she's, like, driving the mech, like, drunk, and I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, that um, that's, uh, that's episode two that was written by Jessica Ross, and... And yeah, there's it, it, uh, the nice thing about imagining, um, you know, we, we draw a lot of comedy from this notion that each part of the ultra mechatron is piloted by a different person, which thinking about that for more than 10 seconds, you realize all the problems that you can run into <laughs> yeah. uh, with that system. Um but then that also means that, like, we can sort of build stories around that. It's like, well, what is a story for the legs? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, which, which sounds like a crazy thing to think because uh, legs are not a character. But obviously, the person controlling the legs is, and uh, um, and if this is their uh, if this is their their responsibility, then also like, what is that kind of person? You know, when I was first conceptualizing the thing, I imagined the legs as being this sort of. Uh, you know, put upon workhorse a little bit, like the person in the group project who does 90% of the work but doesn't get any of the credit, (laughs) or gets an equal amount of credit, because, like, like you're moving around a lot, but you're not doing the big flashy punches, Uh, but uh, but you're perhaps the most important part of the team. And what happens when that person, uh, who is this this sort of studious nerd, uh, who's been working so hard, uh, decides to let loose, and you lose that person? Uh, you know, you get some fun character uh, exploration there, but you also get to see the silliness of a drunk giant mech somewhere <laughs> city. Uh,
0: so, talking about, like, the other characters, is they each have, um, their own area, like you said, that they control... Um, and yep. they all kind of uh, they live in the tropes, like the, the the trope that they embody is there. And then each person, you know, you all bring out like different pieces of it um, to make it different and not uh, too reliant. While you still know what you're going for. So why don't you talk a little bit about the the different characters that you know that you've created to kind of fit into uh, this mecha world and you know control the different pieces?
1: Sure. Yeah. So the the Ultra Mechatron team is composed of. Of four, uh, four different uh, pilots. Uh, Sarah controls the head, and she's our, your sort of tactical leader. Um, Armand controls the arms, and is your uh, uh, your fighter sort of uh, retired military guy gets pulled in there. Uh, Trish controls the legs, uh, and we we talked about her just a moment ago. As sort of uh, very smart, <laughs> uh, intelligent, but you know does a lot of work. Maybe isn't always appreciated. And uh, Brody. Uh, controls the torso and does basically nothing (laughs) because uh, the torso doesn't move at all. It it has very little function. Um, And uh, that sort of character game was one of the earliest things we we settled on, Uh, this notion that like if you did have someone – the torso is a huge space that someone should probably be sitting in but it doesn't do much for you tactically and to have someone in charge of the torso is also true of a lot of group projects where there is someone who doesn't always pull their weight and uh, they're still a part of the team because they were put in your group But uh, and you have to deal with them uh, but they may not always be contributing equally
0: so I do have to say Brody is one of my favorites <laughs> so thank you very much <laughs>
1: uh, he's very it's very fun to play him uh uh because um, uh, I, I really enjoy playing um, big dumb idiots, basically for lack of a better <laughs> word. Uh, I, I, you know, I spend a lot of my my time here. Uh, you know, I, I, I manage uh, a lot of the writers here, so I have to spend a lot of time with with my uh, manager hat on and being responsible and and trying to uh, approach decisions as, as smart as I possibly can. So getting the opportunity to play. Uh, an annoying
0: idiot
1: (laughs) kind of a breath of fresh air
0: (laughs) so how do you go how do you get into character from being somebody who like does project management and managing people to just like letting it loose and being like yeah I can put that all aside for a little bit
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's like I said, it's honestly kind of nice. It's sort of like slipping into a bath um, uh, <laughs> because you, you, you know a lot of times uh, uh, I at least like long to to be able to say like does ah, this have to be my problem? Do I yeah. have to deal with this? And uh, you know it's harder to put on the big boy pants. Um, so to get permission to be like uh, you know just uh, just let loose is is nice. Um, and and the nice thing about this shoot too is we you know, when we were shooting the cockpit scenes, we were all in the same room together, each with our own camera on us, so, Mm -hmm. um, and we're all, you know, we all have improv backgrounds, so, you know, we just sort of, you you sort of slip into character, and you let the improv fly, and everything that we, um, you know, there's certainly a fair amount of uh, improvised material in here that was, uh, you know, because we had cameras on everyone, we got coverage for all sides, so everything was usable and any joke that happened to pop up on set is like, well, if it's good, it's good enough to make the final cut.
0: What's one of your favorite improv jokes from that? Section? Um,
1: that's a really good question. Uh, gosh, I'm going to have to think for a second. because I've, I've been reviewing these, all these episodes have sort of run together and you sort of <laughs> forget what was written and what was, uh, what was scripted. A lot of the, um, uh, uh, there's a running joke uh, throughout the series that, um, uh, in a sort of Pacific Rim kind of way, Trish has a, a very like horrific backstory of her parents dying uh, at a young age, um, and we never fully get the full story there. Um, and in the scripts, there were like one or two references uh, to to this backstory that always gets cut off, and we, and we don't hear exactly what it is. But um, Katie. Uh, Maravich who plays Trish was just delighted by this joke and in a lot of, of these improv sessions that would usually just be kind of like the tail end of the scripted stuff, we just keep going and see what we ran into. Yeah. Um, she would try to sneak in a, another reference to her dead parents wherever she could uh, <laughs> not not all of them made it in but there's certainly like one or two that put uh, that, that their way back in there <laughs>
0: Uh, that's awesome, um, and it, it's it's actually really cool to hear that because that was one of the things I picked up on, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I was like, "This is," I don't say it? it was playing in like the toy box of all of like the sad backstories, and yeah, in in like a very good way that like I wasn't ever gonna get it, and that was what made it great because like I think like a lot of Mecca, especially like Pacific Rim, it is just all about that all the time.
1: Yeah, it... and. <laughs> And yeah, I, it's like I feel like it's true a little bit of like Evangelion too. Yeah. Like this sort of like you know like the this um I think when you're dealing with with these stories um, that are not comedies of of giant monsters invading, invading a city, it's a lot of stories about helplessness and powerlessness mm-hmm. and um, dealing with uh, tragedy and grief and and I feel like these so the genre likes to play a lot with like you know, what, what can one small person do against an unstoppable yeah. force? Um, and to be able to, um, like wrap that into our world, uh, where like there is this person, uh, but also, uh, if, you know, if this group doesn't really get along, it's like, well, that's kind of a bummer. We don't want to hear yeah. about that. Um, <laughs> Could you um, not
0: bring up your dead parents again? <laughs> yeah, let's not, you're
1: always bringing it up. Let's just, like, let's have, we're having a nice time, and then you start bringing this up. Uh, or, or if nothing else, just a pure, pure blinders, like, not even being sensitive to um, to the condition that someone else might be in. Yeah. Uh, so wrapped up in their own selfish world. Um, yeah.
0: Um, so one of the other things I have to ask is how did you all come up with the kaijus like there are so many and they are so different and so hilarious Um, I think Uh, the I don't remember what it was the one that's in the fishnets and like the bikini
1: uh, hot potato yes hot
0: potato that was my favorite (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, uh, coming up with it was so fun. So the the project initially started um, as like a uh, a short web series, um, just like four episodes, uh, as something we were trying out uh, last year. And um, so part of that for me was like as I was uh, as I was constructing them, uh, building up these episodes, uh, I, I knew that we probably wouldn't see a whole lot of the fighting, but I, I wanted to make these. The, the uh, kaiju memorable, and uh, as a comedy, it was like well, let's just make them kind of punny. Uh, this kind of also guess like, like Powerpuff Girls of two, like it pops up at a couple places to like have these almost like living puns, yeah. um, which delights me uh, because <laughs> I, I, I'm a sort of I'm an unabashed defender of puns, um, but uh, but also to to have that juxtaposition of these like horrifying giant frightening monsters who also have the stupidest names. Uh, <laughs> the, the, my favorite from the original web series was George Hog. It was just a giant warthog pairing cutoffs, uh, cut-off jorts. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, it's a stupid name, but it kind of sticks in your head, and the visual of, um, of uh, you know, a uh, Daisy Duke-wearing uh, warthog kind of sticks with you. Uh, yep. And, and one, one of the first things we did when we started writing the main series um, uh, with, with myself and the other writers was sort of like – Get kind of wade into the world gently uh, and kind of get everyone on the same page of, of the level of silliness that we're at. It's like, let's just come up with a big list of monsters. Uh, no idea is too stupid. <laughs> it was sort of the uh, overriding philosophy for the show. Um, and uh, let, let's just come up with as many as we can. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, they're all... I don't want to give any spoilers, but for for you know things that have already been featured in the show, we we have we have stunt manatee, uh, <laughs> which is like an evil Knievel kind of uh, uh, manatee. Uh, a lot of a lot of um, animal-based puns. Uh, uh, but then, and then we also have things like uh, like the Uberbench, which is another mech composed of ride-sharing cars, <laughs> uh, uh, a pamplemousse, which is a, a, a moose uh, with uh, that is also part grapefruit and very French. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's it, uh, it's extremely silly, but um, uh, but there's something very refreshing to me about uh, being unapologetically silly.
0: Yeah, I mean that's something that like I definitely appreciated watching it because like there's. Uh... How do I say it? Pacific Rim also had very on-the-nose names for their monsters. They were just not oh, in sure. suits, so like also getting people.
1: I mean, like Stacker Pentecost is not a real name, you right? Know? Like, that is that is a name <laughs> that is designed to evoke a feeling.
0: Exactly. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> um yeah and then i i fell in love with the puns that i got to see um on screen I, i've seen a. i'm not sure how many are out right now i saw the the first six but uh hot potato very much resonated in my soul um i would love to cosplay her at some point oh i would um, love to see that that is just it's, it, go ahead
1: it's funny with stuff like that i i uh, I, I i know that our um uh, so all those kaiju costumes are all designed by Chloe Badner, who did a, a, an excellent job with everything. Um, <laughs> and uh, I know that you know you have to have you you write something on paper sometimes. Uh, like uh, you know, again, Jessica Ross wrote that particular episode, and and it was like, okay, hot potato. This seems very fun and silly. And then it comes time to actually make the costume. Like, well, how exactly does one make a potato while it's hot? Uh, <laughs> and I know there are conversations between our director and uh, and Chloe with, like, well, okay, what is the wardrobe? Uh, how exactly are we imagining this potato? Um, uh, those are the kinds of uh, uh, silly design questions you don't always think about when you're writing.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, I think we have time for one more question, and I want to ask you, um. What went into making the mech? Because we've talked about the kaiju. So what about the yeah. Ultra Mechatron?
1: Yeah. Um, the, the, uh, the design, actually, of, of the Ultra Mechatron changed a little bit between the web series and um, uh, the, the current series. Part of that is because – I want to make sure I'm not saying anything wrong, but I think this is right. So we had uh, – when we shot the original web series, we had recently wrapped on another show that we were shooting here called Troopers, uh, which was sort of imagining like the life of a lowly uh, stormtrooper-like uh, person in in a galactic evil Star Wars-like empire. Um, and we had a, a a couple of like leftover y looking sets and uh, some uh, spacey-looking armor. Um, so I think the initial design we modified. Uh, some existing costumes to make something just slightly different, <laughs> uh, uh, and and that was a good like stopgap for when we were just sort of like oh let's get this thing on its feet let's get it off the ground let's use these costumes and sets before they go into storage. Um, but then when it came time to do uh, the the fuller series, it, it gave us the chance to to re and look at uh, how exactly we want this uh, this thing to look. Um, it's you know obviously it has to be. I guess I never explicitly say this for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. The the all the the fighting take place in this sort of um, you know pseudo kind of style, but in the a a, a a cute kind of cardboard city. It's everything's very clearly like handmade, um, and so uh, which which is nice because it gives us a little bit of a um, of of wiggle room to play around with. Like, we don't need to look exactly like a, like a working robot. It kind of just needs to, to evoke a robot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, like, making sure that, that we had things that could sort of represent each character, um, you know, a cool-looking helmet, some cool gloves, uh, cool boots, um, and, uh, and then beyond that, uh, there was sort of this, this general idea that, like, the Ultramechatron's powers are not, com- like, fully defined. Uh, any, any given episodes we can introduce some new thing <laughs> that might be in there whether it's laser eyes or a propeller that comes out the head or uh nipple missiles <laughs> or any number of other things uh, uh yeah we sort of like we let the the writing define what powers we wanted to have and then <laughs> kind of kind of just shoved that to our producers like can you
0: figure out how to do this <laughs> Awesome. Well, this has been great talking to you. Um, why don't yeah, you uh tell everybody listening, um, where they can watch the show and where they can you know find it and you on the internet?
1: Yeah. Um. Uh. You can watch uh, episodes of Ultra Mechatron Team Go on Dropout TV. New episodes go up uh, on uh, every Thursday, technically midnight, on uh, midnight Pacific time. Between Wednesday and Thursday, depending on what time zone you're in. Um, but uh, Thursdays here. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're currently, I think we just put up episode five of 11, so we're about halfway through the series. Uh, and, um, and yeah, if you want to hear more from me, you can, uh, I, I tweet at Mike W. Trapp. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram there, but it's mostly just cat and hiking pictures. So, uh, if that's more your jam, you can totally go there, but uh, <laughs> more of my news and jokes and things like that I go on Twitter.
0: I mean, cat um, and hiking is a good Instagram profile.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I know what, I know what people are after on it.
0: awesome well thank you so much mike
1: thank you for talking with
0: me yeah thank you